Hey, hey, what's going on? I am excited. Last time we were recording from my my home, and uh, I remember you became a cat lover. We had, uh, uh, yeah, I do, I do love my cat. I do yeah. love my cat. Midnight. Um, we were working with some pretty, uh, you know, okay equipment, you know, but uh, we didn't have our producer. Uh, yeah, but now we're and back, now he's back we're in the back building. To full power with Chris. Yes, back. welcome, Chris. Uh, and, Welcome and, back, and, and I'm, I'm we have thrilled. our first guest. I'm thrilled about our first guest since our uh, hiatus. Since our hiatus, yes, the great Robert Title. Uh, if you've seen either Barbershop movie, he produced them. If you've seen Southside with You or Men of Honor, he produced them. He is a legend in Chicago filmmaking, and uh, I'm thrilled to have him for a friend and for a guest yeah. on the Max and Tony Show. Welcome Bob, aboard, thank you, Pally. Thank yeah. you, guys. Thanks for yeah. having me. It's uh so good to recently make our acquaintance. We have so yeah. we have so many mutual friends. What, what's weird is that it took this long for us to meet. I mean, we we know all the same guys. Oh, everybody. You know? Yeah. Steve Conrad, Joe Shanahan, Bobby Chirito. You know, I mean, it like, goes on. Dad, did you ever read for Barbershop or any of that? No, like, I no. Don't recall I'm, that. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, Barbershop was largely uh, a black cast. Right. You know? Yeah. So. Totally. Um, and you're not a black man, so it's, no, you make it but, it's out. but I'm trying. I'm trying. You know? um, I would love to be, I, but you know what? All my friends were in it, that, too. Cedric Young, Philip Van Leer. Um, oh, yeah. But it's a Chicago movie, meaning all kids from oh, Chicago. I, I mean, it, the first one came out when I was a fifth grade kid. So, 2000. Yeah, and I think I think it came out around, like, does it come out around the holidays? I'm not September. sure. But, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so yeah. somewhere around there. I remember seeing it and we, thinking, this is the most authentic Chicago movie since Cooley High. Sure. Well, I that's mean, a compliment and a half. Absolutely. Yeah, well, it's, Cooley yeah. High, let me tell you. My father found the yeah. funeral director for that movie. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, my dad was in the funeral business, and, and they found uh, Sam Rayner, uh, Rayner and Sons. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the yeah. south side. And you know somebody called him and said we need we need a funeral director and a hearse and a whole setup for the scene. And my father goes, yeah, Sammy Rayner or Andy Leake, either one of them, whichever guy I run into first. He goes, well, run into him today. <laughs> and sure enough, Mister Rayner was he was gracious enough to you know lend his funeral equipment and presence to uh, yeah. to the movie. I love that film. Cool. Oh, let me tell you, when I get asked like, what's my favorite Chicago movie? Yeah, it's like Cooley High, Thief. Yeah. Breakfast Thief. Club, I love Thief. Yeah, Jimmy Bre- Breakfast yeah. Club, man. That's I. I have to say, man, that captures the Illinois suburbia so perfectly to me. And I don't know what it is. There's, so, I didn't grow up in it. Maybe it's like it also a, had the advantage I of having distance. the great Paul Gleason in it. The late yes. great Paul that, Gleason, that the guy who utters the most memorable line <laughs> in Trading Places. Fuck off. <laughs> well, he's he's on fire that decade. He does yeah, that. He, he does, does um, Trading Places. Trading he does, Places. Um, uh, he, do, he does that football movie uh, with Anthony Michael Hall that I, I, I saw randomly yes. on TV. And it's called Johnny Be Good. Johnny and I'm Be like, Good, yeah. this movie's yeah. going to suck. He's awesome in it. Yeah, Paul, and the movie's Paul Gleason, not that nev- bad. Paul Gleason I don't know. never right. gave a bad it's, performance. It's, it's okay. He's great. I got a great one story of those character about, actors yeah. you, you want to keep watching all the time. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. I remember when they were shooting Breakfast Club, I was yeah. 14 years old. Okay. And my dad had an auto paint store in Niles. Oh, that's right. And they right. were shooting outside. So I rode my bike like six miles. I didn't know what it was, right? Mm-hmm. But I'd sit outside for like two, three days watching this movie go on. You know, they were inside, but I'd just seen all the trucks. Something just kind of yeah. captured yeah. me, right? Yeah. That's, that's the day it took your hand, man. Yeah. It's like, I got to be part of this. I know. I wanted to do it. 
Once you start getting into movies for free, you know, you're <laughs> fucked, man. <laughs> well, <laughs> let me tell gotcha. you, you know. I used to do that, by the way. I worked at the MNR drive-in, which was really yeah. a flea market on Sundays. And the only reason I worked there because you got free movie passes. So we worked oh, at cool. the one on Harlem in the city, and then we worked at the one in Wheeling, and we'd work Sundays, like, mm-hmm. you know, worst hours. Yeah. Five, six in the morning to four or five in the afternoon on I worked Sunday. at the Sky High in, uh, I know Sky in, High. in Glen Island, 53 yeah. in North Avenue. Oh, yeah. And I worked there for precisely the same reason. I could see the movies for free. That's why I went. And I'll never forget, we were cleaning up and missing in action with Chuck Norris was about to start. And I threw the bag down and I just ran because I wasn't going to miss the movie. That's awesome. And then the guy calls my mom and goes, you know, your son just left in the middle of work. And my mom, why'd you do that? I said, well, missing in action. Chuck Norris was about to start. Exactly. I had to watch it. It should have been a twin spin with a code of silence. (laughs) It wasn't a great movie, but I remember the movie. I remember everything about it. Right. You know, I, I don't think that code of silence is... Uh, specifically a great movie, but goddamn, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's fun. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, the one thing our pal Andy Davis knows how to do is make a watchable film, even when they're not great films. They're they're never anything other than endlessly watchable. He's great. Such a great director. Such a Chicago. Such a a kind kind guy. Oh, my God, he can make you feel like a million dollars in just one sentence, and you're like... Just as good as it gets. He's done done this podcast. Oh, I can imagine. And it seemed that he always... His explanation for why his movies were always different and, and more interesting than the other action movies uh, is there was always some political Absolutely. kind of angle oh, Andy, to it Andy that he comes, was trying to put into his movies at every time. And, Andy uh, comes out of activism. Andy, yeah, totally. Andy shot medium cool for Has- oh. Haskell Wexler. You know, I mean, he, he was always an a- activist kind of uh, uh persona and mm-hmm. you know and in hollywood a lot of that put off a lot of the bigger shot uh movie types you know they they kind of uh, eschew that and oh. uh you know it was it was uh you know it was difficult for him sometimes to navigate between the business and the personal and his core beliefs yeah know? it's hard it's not an mm-hmm. easy business to be in let me tell you Gotta have what, thick what, skin. No, okay, so you started out going working as a drive-in. How'd you wind up in the movie business? Where did you go? Well, you know, it, it, it's a funny story sometimes. But I go to Columbia College knowing I want to get into movies. Right? I don't know what I was going to do in movies. Right. But I wanted to make them. I don't know what side of it. I didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. I had no recollection. Like there was nobody in my family that was in this particular business. Right. Right. So I go to Columbia and I start working and I realize I'm not a writer, I'm not a director. I figured that out pretty early on. <laughs> and I meet my business partner, George Tillman, and we just started making movies together. And we just were kind of joined at the hip. We would shoot every hip hop video in Chicago for mm-hmm. like no money. We would do anything we can just to kind of like shoot things, right? And then we shot a 30 minute film called Paula as George's thesis film in 1990. And that film won uh, the Student Academy Award in the Midwest. Didn't win the whole thing. It was like nominated for one of the films in the Midwest. And I used that to raise money, $150,000. And we made this feature for 150 grand, raised it through 44 different people in Chicago. 
You got Nicholas. 50 dentists. Is it 50 dentists rule? I think two were dentists. But my father <laughs> was in the automotive business. He, he had, had a, sold auto paint. So yeah. I knew all these characters my whole life. And I'd go around begging them for money. And my old man was like, dude, you, you, you. I know he was like dying. because you lose this money. You know what's going to happen? Yeah. So I ain't going to lose it, Dad. Yeah, but it's a risky thing. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make it happen. And I would go ask him two, three times. Yeah. I would go back and I had this ledger. I'll never forget this thing. And if I would go to you like, Tony, I said on March 8th, I had $15,000. And in parentheses, I only had six. But so I kept this ledger of me lying to everybody yeah. to finally get to the right It's good money. to keep your life straight. Yeah, yeah I didn't want to get caught in a lie, right? Then I'd go back to you three weeks later. Guess what? We're at 25. You got to put some money in that. And it just kept going up till we right. cobbled together $150,000. We shoot this movie called Scenes for the Soul. Uh, we drive to L.A., with like 600 bucks, crash out in a car a couple days, and six weeks later in L.A., two days before Christmas, we sell for a million dollars. Holy shit. It was unbelievable, right? But, you know. Who did you sell it to? Savoy Pictures, who went out of business. Yeah. So the, pic the movie never comes out. Yeah, but Savoy actually made some decent pictures. They made a couple here and there. Yeah. But when you buy a movie on a VHS tape for a million dollars, that's kind of why you go out of business, right? <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll never that's forget amazing, it. Though. Yeah, we play this movie, we test it, and it tests horrible. I mean, it just, yeah. like, oh, my God, talk about crushing. And once we tested it, that was kind of like the sign, like, okay, maybe this movie's not going to come out. And I knew full well that it, it wasn't really a movie that goes into theaters. It was kind of like a little art house thing that should have gone in a couple theaters. Yeah. But they bought it so fast, and, and I mean, it was amazing, right? But it got us in the business. And it taught you the hard ropes of Hollywood real quickly, right? Yeah, uh, how to have an, uh, how to marshal your economic sources and, and how to, uh, you know, just police your yes. aesthetic, mm -hmm. you know? And not only that, it was just like the, the slap in the face of not the movie never coming out was right. like, kind of like makes That's you... stung, yeah. Oh, yeah, but... But I was early, even early on, I was like, okay, this is happening for a reason, yeah. right? And then right. George was writing a movie about his family called Soul Food, and he kept writing it right. and writing it. He was at so many drafts, and I'd read it here and there, and he just nailed it. And then we still had these agents, and I remember them giving the movie to Babyface, who was the biggest R&B producer yeah. in the world at the time. Yeah. And they had a movie deal at Fox 2000. And they wanted to make the movie, right? And they said, well, we're going to shoot this in L.A. We're like, nah, we're going to do it in Chicago. Good I man. Said, and, they said, yeah. and they kept going, no, 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 we're going to shoot in L.A. I said, it's all right. We, we're going oh. to hold on and do it in Chicago. Now, I didn't know what I was saying at the time, but my heart was there. Yeah. And George, like, we knew we had to be authentic. And till they said, yeah, we'll do it in Chicago. And we came back in November of 96. And we shot the movie, and it was like, you know, now, who all was in uh, Soul Food? It was great. It was uh, Mackay Pfeiffer. Mackay. Yeah. Very good. Was in there. Very I, good. I did yeah. an ER with Mackay. Yeah, I love Mackay. Yeah, good That guy. was my poker buddy, man. Yeah? Uh, we used to play oh, like man. crazy. Gambling friend. Uh, it was Michael Beach, Keith yeah. Sams, Vanessa Williams. Yeah. That's a great cast. Yeah. Irma P. Hall. Chicago's very Amen, young. man. Unbelievable. I she's couldn't imagine queen. that in L.A. Yeah, she's queen. Just the soul no, food. No, no, exactly. In L.A. It doesn't, it doesn't even sound right. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. It makes me cringe. But, but the great I'm, thing about yeah. that movie, it it showcased the African-American middle class, which really yeah. wasn't portrayed on film. 
No, it really, it really wasn't. No, I mean, it, it, it was it, maybe it, portrayed in day. TV through sitcom-y kind of ways, but it wasn't well said, really yeah, yeah. like really well done in a slice of life kind of drama, real way. Yeah, yeah. This, this is why I so value the paintings of Kerry James Marshall. Yeah, because he shows you, you know, uh, Black Americans uh, living life, you know, just like everybody else. You know. Um, and he also uh, brought the, you know, the black figure into the modern canon of painting. Yeah, he did. Didn't and he? that's uh, absolutely irreplaceable. Yeah. And it's high time it happened. Well said. Well said. And it was interesting, right? Because after that film, every commercial you would see on TV had that same color tone that we had, that same yeah. tone. And yeah. That's so funny. Oak Park feeling. You should, have, yeah. you should have made him send you a check, man. Uh, nothing <laughs> would have made hey. me happier. <laughs> <laughs> we had Babyface's music in there. We were all right. I yeah. Mean, nice. Yeah, at the time. It was pretty good. Tell us about the genesis of Barbershop. So when we get to L.A., George and I are sharing a car, right? And I used to go to my Puerto Rican barbershop in Chicago. So I'd kind of seen it, but not really seen it, right? Then... He goes, hey, I got to go get a haircut. And I would drive him on Thursday or whenever day it was. And at the same time next week, I said, man, you go once a week to get your haircut? He goes, yeah, I go once a week to get my haircut. And we're sitting there, and I remember just seeing this world, and we were talking. Like, we got to do a movie called Barbershop, right? Look at this world. I'm just yeah. thinking. I just see yeah. it. comes to life. And then I started, okay, how am I going to do this, right? So I put the word out that we were looking for a script. And we kept looking and looking, finally find something like four or five months later that the writer Mark Brown wrote. He wrote this really good script, but it had these religious undertones to it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I had to like, okay, let's fix this up. And we literally worked. Let's kick Jesus out of this. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Let's just kick Jesus the fuck out of this. <laughs> In a subtle know? kind of way. Yeah. And uh, we worked on that script for a year. We had readings. Right. And we actually had... Uh, it was just that that cast came to life, right? Yeah, they brought yeah. it to life, and the most well, they were amazing. Yeah. I mean, they were amazing. It, it, yeah. No, nobody in that thing uh, was a weak note. I mean, Ice Cube was phenomenal. Cedric, who I uh, I, I have hit and miss things with him, but man, he was perfect in that. Oh, oh he, but that, he just encompassed that. And like, you know what? Yeah. The, 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 the time and it was set too was uh, also just, kind of on fire in in that point of his career too, yeah. and and like had just done the show and. I feel like he was sort of becoming this mainstream thing where like he was getting too high and people were starting to like kind of pick him down. Like a lot of like a lot of people get famous at yeah, that time. I thought that man, was the I one movie that, that I, sort of solidified him absolutely. and was like oh, I can't wow. say enough good things yeah. about that guy. Listen, yeah. we all work with comedians. They're not yeah. the easiest people no to shit. get around. No no shit. Cynical yeah. dudes, right? But said would laugh. Yeah, right? yeah. He didn't have to be yeah. the funniest guy in the room. You know, you know, Graham made a hat for him. You know, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. guy who made your hat, yeah. um, Graham Thompson from Optimo Hats, who, you know, is just Phenomenal. one of my best friends and one of the most beautiful human beings you'll ever meet. And uh, he just said, Cedric the Entertainer is just the coolest fucking guy I've ever met. <laughs> it's unbelievable. You know? And he just has to laugh. Like I said, doesn't have to be yeah. the funniest guy in a room. That's yeah. important, though. Yeah. Like comedians usually try to one up each other and always constantly try to be that be oh, that yeah. guy. You know, I, off stage, it, it, they're very often like very grim motherfuckers. Yeah, you know? definitely. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, Come on. You know? it's got to be a breath of fresh air, like to have the positive comedian that like 
is more yes. supporting and laughs supporting with you laughs. than more and than the like, key to that movie. Yeah, it's kind of what you're saying here is laughing, right? Yeah. Yes. So you you know some movies you see nobody. I laughs. never laughed so hard in my life than at the right. first part. But, but we had people laughing. See, yeah. there are movies where someone says something funny and everybody's just doesn't make a movie. Yeah. Right. So I said laugh. If something's funny, you laugh. We will capture it. Yeah. There's laughter from the crew. You could hear her yeah. in oh, wow. the thing. It wasn't like a laugh track. It was just if something was funny, you laugh. You laugh. Absolutely. And I yeah. told people, like, don't make it natural. Yeah. And the way it was shot, it was warm. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't your typical really bright colored kind no. of urban film at the time, right? It was just a lot of warm colors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it felt like a drama. So it was shot like a drama. I, I love how you uh, portrayed the, the political uh, in that movie, you know, the, the, the politicians. <laughs> Because in Chicago, they're scumbags, you know, and and your movie knows that they're scumbags. They're scumbags when they wake up. They're scumbags when they go to sleep. Um, I like that. It was interesting because Don Scott came on to do a rewrite, and they just shaped like that political conversation was always in there. Yeah. From the jump from that script, and he just shaped the script. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we didn't realize the impact it would have. We're just trying to make a great movie. I was about to ask that. You know, um, when you go into any project, not not just Barbershop, do you not try to get high hopes because of maybe what has happened in the past where you sell, you know, your movie and it doesn't get released? Do you... I don't know. I, I've always heard this uh, term from from Terry O'Quinn off off Patriot. He, he uh, said something about like pre- prepare to fail or something. Yeah. And I always kind of enjoyed that because it's like it's not exactly. Maybe it's not the most optimistic way to look at things, but also it it, it helps you keep your ground and and uh, it, it keeps you humble a little bit. But I don't know. How do you go into projects? Is, I I yeah. actually do that. Like okay. I, don't, I have no expectation. Okay. You know, uh, you work hard. You just. My goal is to make the best movie possible, right? And after that, it's up mm-hmm. to the movie gods to take it yeah, and totally. see what happens. And I can't control it. You know, a lot of people say, well, you can market it. No, you can't. It's going to pick a date. You know, you pray to exactly. God it's not a snowstorm in that weekend. Yeah. yeah. Pray to God there's not a natural disaster. Right. You hope the weather's somewhat decent so people go out. It, it's like, yeah. what, it's a, like what Lauren Michaels says about doing Saturday Night Live. He goes, you know, the fact that. You know, we do this live. It doesn't mean that we're ready. It just means that it's it's eleven thirty. You know, <laughs> that's <laughs> like, hilarious. And I, you know, the, when I did the shows at Steppenwolf, I mean, very, very often uh, early on, you know, I'd have to memorize, you know, ninety minutes worth of uh, dialogue, you know, and very often I'd have to leave myself little cheat sheets around the uh, around the set to to be able to. Would you Keep ever go going, off and improv you know. a little bit? I, I did uh, on the Midnight City a lot. Did you um, on that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just because I felt like uh, when, when I when I when I, see anybody shifting their seats or, and, or or God help you if somebody looks at their watch. Oh, that's gotta kill. You you <laughs> you got five seconds to get them back. Yeah, you know? right. well said. Yeah. I know you're not improving on Conrad's work. Oh no, ah. never, never, <laughs> never, never. Yeah. And you know what? I, I always. Uh, give a heads up to the script supervisor and say, look, I don't want to transpose a single word. I don't want to leave out a single yeah. word. Well, not to kiss this his ass. Written, no, no. It, it's but, written specifically for a very specific no, no, I'm, reason. I'm, I'm saying about me. Now, he, he gives so much to work with in the dialogue. Absolutely. There's no yes. need. If you memorize, if you memorize not, it all, you do not want to fuck around. You don't with, need to improv. With, you know. You know, he's a genius writer. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, I've he just talking. gave me seven pages for uh, re- recording the podcast uh, 
of Leslie Claret, you know, Kurtwood's uh, the, the yeah, structural yeah, of dynamics course. of flow, which has really nothing to do with piping, you yeah. know. But um, uh, and he fills in the colors on Jack Birdbath in a way that's just you, you just God, read it. It's yeah. just fucking gorgeous, Tony. It's, it's so like, good. Yeah, and I, I'm like, you know, every time I, I show up for set on his films, it's like, don't let me fuck this up. <laughs> do not let me fuck up the best writing I've ever been able to work with in my life. Can I tell you something? I've been chasing Conrad for 20 years, he'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. And I finally got him on this great story that we're doing with Paramount, the Atawumi story, about the family that escapes Boko Haram. Yeah. They come to the States, mm -hmm. they're living in a homeless shelter, and their eight-year-old son starts playing chess and instantly becomes this chess champion. That's like, insane, just man. Like, it's an amazing story, right? This but is a good time uh, to have that kind of story with, with Queen's is. Gambit and stuff. You know? I know. Chess couldn't be popular. And you know, I love searching for Bobby Fischer. Uh, I, I was about to make a Bobby Fischer joke. I love like There's going to be a Bobby Fischer movie. Same here, man. I thought... Uh, I, I also... Sadly, the young man who played uh, uh, the kid, Max Pomerantz, no longer acts. He's in his 30s, and he's uh, into something else. Isn't that weird? It and it's so a shame, good. because he was so when, goddamn When good, good actors are just like, ah. And, and Joey uh, Montaigne, you know, oh. was just fucking astonishing in that film. Joan Allen was astonishing in that film. I mean, it's... How about Things Change, Joe Montaigne? No one talks about that. Mammoth's movie with Donna Michi. You know what? I never saw Oh, that. you need to watch that movie. What year did I love that... Donna Michi. Yes. That and House of Games is on my list. you got to watch with, Things you, Change. You've never yeah. seen House of Games? Ne Ashkan has been recommending Thank you, Mammy. I have another. <laughs> <laughs> I, Anything I'm, with I'm a Mammoth right? guy, yeah, for man, sure. you got to be, right? Especially uh, from Chicago, yeah. right? Well, true and false. I have mixed feelings about him just because of all the libertarian bullshit, you yeah, know. Um, but, I mean, you got to you no, gotta take... No, he's kind of swung very far right, and it... Bugs the shit out you got to take you know? the wise things he says, though, and th there's nothing but wisdom in that book, True and False, especially dude, yeah, for a young yeah. Dude, he wrote American Buffalo. You can't help but love that fucking man. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you let's know? not even talk about Glenn Gary. Oh, what? Glenn Gary, <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> that is like my name. What's my name? Chicago. Fuck you is my name. Exactly. Oh, my God. That is like the That's Chicago That's the best movie. eight minutes Alec Baldwin ever had in his fucking life. Oh, my God. And there's nothing. And, and, it's, it, and that's an amazing eight minutes. Yeah. So it's, Ed Harris, um, Jack Pacino Lemon. Pacino Lemon. Who, what is it? Pacino, Pacino. Lemon. Pacino. Spacey. Spacey, yeah. Maybe Jack we, Lemon uh, playing, the, without a doubt, I think, the greatest performance ever. Uh, Shelly, the Shelly. machine, Levine. <laughs> Have you heard you the know? story when, uh, when uh, Pacino chews Spacey out? They just, they yanked the audio, like they just turned off the audio and they just filmed Spacey's reaction and Pacino goes, oh yeah, you want to be a big time actor, huh? Yeah. And he started saying some real stuff and that reaction he makes yeah. on the screen is the real reaction of, to Pacino, like... Kind of chewing them out. I in didn't his know that. Career. I don't know. I, I'm always wondering I, yeah. though which, which Pacino. Story. I'm always wondering which Pacino is going to show up for which movie because it's like the guy yeah. is like hoo ha, you know, fuck you. He you seems know? to. Have, he seems to. He have used really... to have the most dangerous kind of stillness. It's weird though. It seems to be coming back around now. I I, I think he's been really good in a lot of stuff lately. Same here, man. Same here. Uh, I, 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 I thought he was good in The Irishman, and he does a lot of like risky. 
Oh, he'll go for things, it. yeah. But yeah, I think I mean, it worked. Watching him and De Niro, come on, you can't. Yeah, but you know what? And then Joe Pesci, when he's kicking that guy's ass at the grocery store, it's like I'm watching a seventy year old man try to give an ass kick. It's like it's he ain't all he ain't all in right now, you know. But if you know him, it was not a Billy Bat's beatdown, you, you, you know. But you can kind of buy it a little bit. Yeah, I got to tell you something, you know, to go in, into him. I've learned so much from De Niro that I use to this day. Yeah, you yeah. Were, you worked with him on Men of Honor. Yeah, him in was, uh, Cuba. Uh, I was in Cuba's first movie with him. Oh, yeah, the one in Chicago. Wow. This piece of shit called Gladiators. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but Cuba was the nicest guy yeah, I ever he's met. I fun. loved him. So much fun. And those yeah. guys together, like two different, totally different ways of working, yeah. right? Yeah. De Niro wanted everything. Like, who's this guy? I, I'll never forget this. Like, we start working with him, and George goes, Well, how do you like to work? He goes, just do what you did in that movie, Soul Food. Whatever you did, just just do that, right? Mm-hmm. And we're talking. Then he calls me and goes, hey, you know, there's this guy, Rodecki. His name was Sergeant Rodecki. And we were using him as a consultant and so forth. He goes, do me a favor. He goes, go tape Rodecki walking. And I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, go tape him walking and send me the tape. Then take off his shirt and get all his tattoos. I'm like, dude, you never take off your shirt in a movie. He goes, I know. Just fucking do it, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> I go tape Rodecki, this guy walking. I get him to take off his shirt, got all these tattoos. See him a little later. He's got the walk down. He gets the tattoos put on him, and he never takes off his shirt yeah. during the whole movie. You know what? He, he was very much man. like that on Mad Dog and Glory, too. He um, hung around the police photographers, the, the forensic guys, and... <clears throat> rode along with him, and you know they were saying, you know, he never really said a word to us. He just watched everything. Yeah, watched That's kind of infamous of him. He never yeah. says anything, right? I mean, remember he took the Jodie Foster story of Taxi Driver. He just took her out, and he was just like not saying a word. Apparently, yeah. you know, just very little. But That's he was really character. just trying to feel out what was going to become that great scene. Yeah. And yeah, he's as method as it gets. I love Robert De Niro. Um, and another thing he I does, had a scene I with him you. in Mad Dog and Glory, and it was... Uh, yeah. He's the best. I was never so scared in my life. It's like, yeah, man, you do not want to look like a drool case scene <laughs> with Robert De Niro. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he doesn't, like, show up to set. He just kind of materializes yeah. like in Star Trek. You know, it's like... And I'll read um, the line a couple times, like, yeah. how you doing? How you doing? Yeah, exactly. How you really? And then you keep. And if you're playing opposite him, boy, you better be. I was you nervous. You better be on your game. Yeah, because yeah, you got to come absolutely. in at the right time. Absolutely. Yeah. And he would do readings. This is the most I, important. I, I thing. asked him after like the the fifth time. John McNaughton likes a lot of takes, and then after about the fifth take, I said, "How does it sound to you?" He goes, "I was concentrating on what I'm doing." And I thought, "Oh man, I just got taught a very hard lesson how to be an actor." You mm-hmm. know. And but but he was you know afterwards he was perfectly gracious. Oh, he's a good he, he guy. He goes, you know what? He goes, this was good. This it, it just bounced. You know, he, he did this. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> it was pretty cool. He's the best. I mean, <clears throat> I was gonna say another thing we learned from his do readings. Of yeah. Your, you know, he would he yeah. wouldn't commit to the movie until he heard the movie read out loud. Yeah. And we went to New York. Yeah, and he did. And sometimes two or three table readings. Yeah. You know. And we to this day, it's something we consistently do. And you know, David Caruso got cast in a part that John McNaughton wanted uh, Michael Rooker for. You know, the partner of uh, and um, oh, and Mad Dog. Yeah. And you know, for some reason, uh, you know, uh, Richard Price and uh, Scorsese uh, produced this. 
Scorsese and uh, Barbara Dufina. And um, they were hell-bent on David Caruso. And Rooker came in and, you know, did did a table reading, a, you know, screen test. And, you know, and at that point, you know, Michael really didn't have to screen test for anything. You know, he's coming off of Henry and a bunch of uh, Days of Thunder, a bunch of other, you know, very big films. But he wanted to do it, you know, and uh, they, they cast Caruso. With all um, due respect, Caruso is awesome in that movie. He's very good in that movie. <laughs> yeah, he is good. <laughs> he's very good. Because believe me, after uh, the Abel Ferrara movie, I thought, oh you know, God. they're going to have to peel this fucking guy off the ceiling. King it's of like, New York? Like, yeah, he's yeah. like way. What happened way. to Caruso? CSI. CSI. Oh, that's right. I, I think he Playing fell into a guy into named the... Horatio. Yeah. You know, it's like. Yeah. yeah. Uh, honestly, he's, he's a sweetheart of a guy, but um, he was a good actor. He, good actor. Early on, man, he was so prone to overacting. And you oh, know what? Man. I think Milch got a hold of him and said, "Hey, dial it back." You know, sure and, he uh, did. NYPD. I mean, he, all of a sudden, he, he found this other gear. There was stillness and, and quiet, and uh, the show was so real. Yeah, you know. Well, you know what? They had all the aces. They had David Milch. They had Joe Esterhaus writing it. Um, that's you, right. You know, I mean, they, they had a writer's room. Uh, and, and at the end, they had Leonard Gardner, the guy who yeah. wrote Fat City. Mm. That's you know? right. Oh, so I, they had they had a phenomenal fucking writer's that. room, you yeah. know? This was good. Yeah. Um, we were on the Fox lot when they were shooting that show, so we'd see those guys all the time. They they were there forever. Yeah. That show went on forever. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it just ended not long ago. It did it? A, yeah. I was, five, six years I, ago. Like you know who was in the liar. last NYPD Blue? Who? It was Joe Sikora. That's right. I yeah. remember. I remember yeah. when we started seeing that. him popping up. And Do you know Joe? No, he's a I don't Chicago know Joe. guy who was on the show Power. Well, he's 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 like the favorite character. He's Tommy. Or, yeah. He's Tommy. Yeah. He's getting a spinoff and, uh, show. Um, yeah, yeah. Your pal Robert Munich is producing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be a good show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's gonna use Yulia's <laughs> artwork. Yes, he is. There you yeah. go. And our producer, Chris Batts, lovely wife, Yulia, is providing a lot of the artwork for that. That's, That's awesome. Really That's cool. so cool. You know what? It's a perfect work for it because it's Yulia's uh, series of uh, serpents and flowers all mixed in together. That's perfect and it's for fucking phenomenal, you know? Yeah. Hey, another show in Chicago. It's, it's only good news. Keep yeah. people Amen. working, man. Amen. Yeah. More, more, more. Oh, yeah. yeah. You kidding? I'm I'd love to see that. like an independent movie wave come through here. I think it's coming oh, soon. Oh, well, you, you might be, you know, you'll probably be seeing one fairly soon. Yeah. yeah. So. It, it will come. It always does. It's, yeah. It ebbs and flows with the it movies. Does. TV, it does. I kind of, you Just know, like music from the too. start. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like the. TV's like, here for to stay, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's you know, yeah. they're expanding Cinespace all the way down to 35th Street. Yeah, they already did. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's they're it's not huge. fucking around, you it's know? huge, um, trust me. Yeah, those are, guys are good friends. They know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. They brought so much business. I remember when they were opening, I was talking to them and spent a lot of time with them. And to their credit, I was like, why are you guys opening a stage here? I don't know if it's going to work, right? Yeah. And I passed the tax incentive in 2002 with Senator Obama. Yeah, I remember. The great Governor Blagojevich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, and, he, uh, of the, he of the Polish-American hair helmet. Yeah. yeah. But let me tell you, he was great for the film business. They were he, great. That's what he wanted to yeah. do. That's who he wanted to be. Yeah. You know? yeah. I had many a talks with him about it. Like, he was, you know, I'm enamored who he, he was is. He was a fucking Elvis impersonator. Does that give you any idea who we fucking elected? Yeah. <laughs> Says it all. But how could a guy named Blagojevich 
get nominated. I mean, in a city oh, like Chicago, Chicago in a heartbeat, yeah, and know? nowhere else. Yeah, 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 but you know, think of Roman Puchinski. Uh, you know, I mean, Vito Marzullo. You know, <laughs> yeah, but in two thousand four, nobody knows this. Bogoyevich was like fifth or sixth on the list for the presidency for the Democratic Party. Wow. Who told you I that? Think, I think oh, Blagojevich I told you that. No, 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 no. Uh, no he, I, he told I, you. I, but he was riding <laughs> no, he like a, the first, a pretty me. heavy wave of momentum then. I, I oh, feel yeah. like that, yeah. At that time? That's time. not, yeah. He it's just not, won governor. Yeah, it, it was believable Everybody was yeah, this real once optimism. Once he started shaking down people to for a senatorial <laughs> seat, it's like... Yeah, that, yeah, was that, well is, before. that is presidency that was well before. Was over, yeah. Yeah, I'm just telling you. Well, it's like the alderman, the guy who's been there forever, Ed Burke. You know... When Republicans go down for corruption, they've usually embezzled millions or something. Um, Ed Burke got caught shaking down a guy for 15 grand who owned a fucking Burger King. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, can we have a little more ambition with our graph? Thank you. I'm obsessed with Chicago politics. <clears throat> so am I. Always have. Been. I wrote about it for seven years for New City. Yeah, you know? I know. I remember. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a gift that just kept on giving. Oh, you, you know? can't it's stop. Like, Are you kidding? There was an alderman years ago, I don't even remember his name anymore, it was uh, in the late 70s, who got bribed with two frozen turkeys. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. <laughs> That's just my favorite alderman yeah. bribe story ever. <laughs> There's so many, I mean, it's so rich, right? <clears throat> yeah. That's why the city's so rich. There's totally. just so much. Yeah. Like we always say, every, everybody's got a story, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everybody's and, got a story. And when you have political power here, it's, I mean, it, being the mayor of Chicago. You're somebody. We don't have, we don't have movie stars. But so, being yeah. the mayor of Chicago can be as, you know. If Biggest you, of president of the United States. The way you, Absolutely. Exactly. The way, if you want to view it that Richard way. Richard J. Really, Daly handed John F. Kennedy the election. Enough That's said. how yeah. much power yes. he had. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. My father knew the two guys who drove all the Cook County votes to one of the cemeteries and stored them in a mausoleum. They're probably still there. It's unbelievable. That's, That's how Nixon lost that election. Yeah, you know? the grave sites of Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I know that story. Yeah, my dad couldn't name those two guys, you know, because <laughs> they were in the funeral business. Oh, I got you. Yeah, the best place, you know, best place to hide stolen boats is in a mausoleum in, in Mount Olivet or Holy <laughs> Sepulcher or Rosal Cemetery. You know, I mean, right. it, 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 the weird thing was is that it was an open secret for a long time. I mean, everybody knew it except anyone with a badge, you know. <laughs> no, I believe it. And you know what's interesting, too? You talk to anybody outside of Chicago, they have no idea what Alderman is. Nothing. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right? Nope, yeah, nothing. no, they, they have... Councilman. Right. I used to play cards in a game with Dick Mel. Oh, My wow. friend Nick Rosa had a, a game of Texas Hold'em uh, once a month. And you'd buy in for 125 bucks, and 100 would go into the collective pot, and the other 25 would cover all the food. You right. Know? And uh, <clears throat> every once in a while, Dick Mel would be in an expansive mood, and he'd tell some stories. So like when he became alderman, and he was an alderman for 50 years. Yeah. And the old man, Daly, was still alive, and he called him Aldi. Aldi, come on over here. You got to tighten me up on the northwest side there. You know, I'm beginning to hear all this shit about, you know, uh, some reformer, some Google who's going to run. <laughs> and, and at the time, he was talking about Billy Singer and, you know, all, all these other guys who later became fucking cannon fodder for him. You know, they did, when he ran against, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, he, he covered 80% of the vote every time he was elected. I mean, it was like, 
Uh, it was it was like a little league team playing the fucking New York Yankees, the Mantle and Maris Yankees. You know, I mean, Jeez. Daly had uh, an, an incredible amount of discretionary power over the lives of ordinary Chicagoans. You know, and he wielded it. You he know? did. Didn't he, he understood it. Yeah. You know, um, but uh, Dick Mel would just tell. You he know, had to have great stories. He had wonderful stories. You know, it was that time. It was Mel. It was. Burke, it was Verdoliac, yeah, Verdoliac Fast Eddie. Eddie. Fast Eddie. Who switches parties just so he could run. Well, who who who's going to jail because I think his wife wore a wire. No. I think so. I mean, I think that's He the, is going. The he's happened. in his late 70s or maybe 80s. Yeah. Oh, no, he's going. Believe me. You know, um, you always knew it was going to happen. Speaking of that, I went with Conrad to, to Verdoliac's office. This is God. Early 2000s, we were going to do a movie, Council Wars, based off, you know, the whole stuff between Harold Washington, Verdolak, and all that. We were searching this thing Aaron Freeman wrote. That's the title, yeah. right? So, but it wasn't, it was kind of, it was that term kind of kept through, but we were going to try to create an original story at that period of time. Because I don't think a biopic on Harold, but I think more of that yeah. period in time. Right. And we sat with Verdolak, right? And it was three hours. First off, he goes, I don't want to talk. Yeah, Jane, yeah, Jane Byrne once told me in an interview that Edward Doliak was conceived in Vaseline. <laughs> <laughs> what a character, though. Fast Eddie. Fast Eddie, yeah. Wow. That was a great day. I mean, going to his office, I mean, you just saw every picture in the wall, right? Yeah. And then there was a picture of him and Harold, and I could feel like that picture was just put up there for that day. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. See, we're friends. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but the best story yeah. he told... And I always love telling this story because I heard it is, and a lot of people don't know this, Verdoliak on Sundays would go with a box of donuts and he would go see Harold, right? Yeah. And yeah. they would talk it out and they would kill the box, the two of them. Yeah. Now, this is the same person who on Monday morning, they went at each other. Yeah, absolutely, man. They, you know, It's a different time, right? It was like, yeah. but he wouldn't do that's, that. Harold, like, Harold cool. used to always that's, say that he understood what Eddie Verdoliak was. Yeah, I buy that. He said, you know, do I know him? I don't really know him, but I know what he is. Yeah. And that was kind of an odd and very, I think, circumspect thing for one politician to say about another. Yeah. Especially those guys who were like, I mean, they were going at it big time. Absolutely. I mean, you know, and and the thing about Harold is Harold never backed up a step, man. You know, I mean, he was a tough guy, you know. So tough. He had he had uh, uh, he held a title for uh, track and field when he when he was a young guy when he was in college you know and uh, where did he go to college Chicago State I was gonna say, I thought it was oh, Roosevelt but you're right yeah, Chicago yeah. State yeah, yeah. Um, I worked on his first campaign really yeah I handed out Harold Washington buttons you know where and, uh, at the end of the red line, believe it or not. <laughs> okay. And all these people get off and it's like, this is crazy white guy handing out Washington buttons. And I think it was for the optics. I think it was, here's this guy who's, you know, white Chicagoan campaigning for Washington, yeah. you know. And uh, every once in a while I'd see him in the elevator and he'd go, hey, six, give me a square, you know. <laughs> he smoked, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, 
I just, at the time I smoked Newport, so he always he, he, he's six because I was six feet tall. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's great. give me a square. You know, but uh, I adore what him. a character. Yeah. What I a did character. the memorial uh, drawing of him for Chicago Magazine after he I passed. I want to see that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was still have uh, that. No, no. Um, uh, the magazine acquired it, and uh, how did the city feel under him? Like, 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 did it feel? Uh, you know what? I felt, I felt good, like, or is I, it I like? Felt, was, I felt very good. I felt like this is a sea change. I also hope. I also got like I also had like a box seat into how politics works in the city, right? And how much of it is. Uh, Due to the you know absolutely tidal differences uh, of race and class, you know, and uh, you know one of the things Harold used to say is that he goes, you know, they, they, he goes, they'll always have you believe it's about black and white. He goes, it's about have and have not, son. I've That's what it's about, that. and it's and you know what, he was very canny and very smart that way. You know, he he was one of the most incredible congressmen when he was a congressman, and. Uh, you know, I, I uh, wordsmith. Right? I learned a lot watching him. Oh yeah, when he, when he when he said he said something about uh, Eddie Verdelia, he goes, he has run a vituperatively vicious campaign of <laughs> smearisms and innuendo. You know, and uh, love that. He, you know, he was so much more eloquent than like the dailies. You know, I mean. Um, Richard J. Daly, I resent the insinuendos. I mean, this guy slid sideways into fucking sentences. You know, it's like, um, but uh, I remember thinking, you know, this is this is a moment of great hope. Yeah, you know? sure it, was. Uh, an African American man got elected to be the mayor of Chicago. Did anybody uh, over the age of twenty-one ever think they would see that day? No. I didn't. No you know. Way. No way. You know, and look and, at uh, look at uh, Barack, right? You, right, I've read yeah. every story about him, and I've talked to him about Harold, and he said, "I you got know, a phone call the day Harold died. I was on the set of uh, Mar Married to the Mob, and it was just the worst fucking day of my life. It was, you know, oh yeah, heartbreaking. Out of the blue, and he just wins the second yeah. election. Yeah, he finally gets the seats to go his way. Twenty five, yeah. twenty five. He's the deciding vote. Yeah, and he, and he, he also figured out I got. They rezoned the words. I got 14 months to actually govern, you know? Yeah. And then and then it turns into this bullshit again. Um, yeah. But he won. Like, he yeah. he rezoned the wards. They finally get it on his side. Yeah. He could finally do something, and then he dies yeah. of a heart attack. You know yeah. what? He, he, uh, he'd eat three, four cheeseburgers. Right. He, he and there, and there are... Constantly, incessantly, you know? Right. There are, cons there are conspiracies doctor, that, you know? co that come with that, right? That death, right? Am I... Am I making there that up? There's a couple, or, or, but I think it was actually what Tony just said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, no, I'm know, not Harold, trying to... Harold gained a lot of weight when he right, was in office. Right, right. You know, I mean, and, uh, you know, I mean, you couldn't drive by like a white castle without him pulling it in and having him get, you know, a sack yeah. of sliders and, you know, I mean, <laughs> he'd smoke constantly. And, uh, I heard he used to, on the weekends, he would get in his car and drive by himself through the city. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that a lot. Yeah, he did. a lot of great stories. That's cool. He did. Yeah. He he was often very chafed by his security detail. Yeah. You know, Alton Miller was his press secretary. Yeah. Al Miller, yeah. He was a Definitely. he was a great guy, you know, and uh um you know, I mean very often people would say Harold was kind of his own worst enemy, you know, health wise. You know. Yeah. I've heard he that. worked insane hours, you know. I mean there, there was too. always an event every night, you know, there was always uh 
And, uh, you know, I mean, people go, well, he, you know, he had poor health habits. I think he worked himself to death. I think, I think honestly, that's I've heard that too. I've yeah. heard the same thing. Yeah. But uh, I'll always revere him, you yeah. know. Great story. Great man. Yeah. Yeah. I miss him. Well, where uh, are we at time wise? 40 minutes. Yeah, mm. let's go a little longer. <laughs> you know? uh, go another 10? Sure. Yeah, I sure. Mean, you know, uh, how often do you get Bob Title to sit still for 40 <laughs> minutes? You know, I can barely sit still. Maybe this is some time uh, to maybe do some, like a five minute uh, Bulls recap. I don't know if, I don't know if. Oh, yeah. Do you have any interest He's in that? Well, we were, I love it. I, I, you were watching them the other night. Well, yeah. I, I mean, they and blew I, that game. They oh, no shit. They gave it away, 12. man. They, they, they were up by, yeah, they were up we by We were 12. almost up by 20 from yeah, what I, I was like. I don't I don't remember the exact score. It might have been like 16, 17 points, but we were you know what? They closing need, the gap to 20. Fellas, and then, they need more bench yeah. is what I, they need. We need to trade um, uh, Laurie Markkinen. I'll say it. You think so? I think he's a really you talented know, player. But yeah, it, I mean, I'm, um, I'm always, I'm always pretty high on him. I always, yeah. he, he's he didn't a sign his restricted, uh, he didn't sign his restricted like contract, so he's going to be a free agent. We can lose him for nothing. Yeah, I know he has yeah. value. Might as well. Lose little or lose big, and, you know. Yeah, he does have value. You know, I'm yeah. glad. By the way, I, I'm glad Zach finally made the All Star game. I, so well deserved. Yeah, you should have made people, it last year. A lot of people were talking about trade him. I'm like, this is the guy who's closing games. This is the guy who wants to win. This guy is a franchise guy. My son, my middle son, Sebastian, who's 13, he's been obsessed with Kobe White since he got drafted. And I was like, dude, I don't know if this kid's going to do anything. You know what? When he got drafted, Max was real high on him. Yeah. Yeah, that was the guy I wanted. He's so good. What about Patrick Williams? He's playing great. He's going to be He's going to be very solid. I was, at first, I was like, you. I think I was with you. We were talking about uh, it. I was like, it. Eh, everybody what, was. This guy's a little too high for number four. But you know what? If he can deliver that defense <clears throat> he's putting on and bring it to the next level, that's all we needed, really. So I guess I maybe Donovan, he was worth I think Donovan's four. making it. Like, I think yeah. he's affecting. You know what? He's He's turning. He. I have to apologize to Donovan. I thought. I didn't think he was a great hire. I thought he was an okay hire. I thought. Um, I heard the players love him, and that's, that's what, what I'm hearing. That's I, important. I was wrong. I think uh, Billy Donovan was probably the perfect hire for this team, <clears throat> and I regret saying that it was a meh hire yeah. on Twitter. I did say that, so I I, I apologize. You for, should say we also, we, we, La Russa hire. Yeah, I'm going to talk about that in a minute, but we have to uh, share some condolences with our pal Chris Bat because the Kansas City Chiefs lost the Super Bowl to an time. asshole. Wait. I fell victim I to Brady. Care. Right. Stop caring about right. sports. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. Jeez. God. He, he's from no, Kansas no City. That, that's when you got to go back to defense, right? Defense wins games. Well, yeah. yeah. They shut I, the best quarterback down. Yeah. I, there's this new saying, and it seems yeah, to be in the I, I NBA right now. Brady. Because I of the. Him. Oh, God. Well, this, uh, but he's the goat. Seven. That's yes, insane. That's all I'll say. He's the yes, goat. He is. He really yes, he is. is. He really I'm not is. a fan either, but I will it's, give it's, him it's all a, the credit in the world. It's a weird thing yeah, to admit. He goes to one year. <laughs> he goes to one team and changes the whole. I mean, it's I'm changing the whole culture of that. that yes. I'm going to take him to the Super Bowl. Well, I was, yeah. a, I was also a wins, wins a fucking Super Bowl. And yeah. wins. Yeah. 
against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, for the love of God. I was a fan you know, of the all narrative those guys of him doing balls it. balls on Patrick Mahomes. He, he, he must have wanted to kill yeah. him, you know. Oh, it was tough. Doing but, it but without Belichick, though, uh, I mean, that must be a good feeling. Because everybody was saying... Belichick's a dick. Nobody everyone's saying, him. oh, you can't do it without That's Belichick. That's a slight to and, Belichick. Think about it. It is. You know, by the way, Belichick, is, yeah. in his it favor, is. the one decent thing you can say about Bill Belichick is that he completely repudiated Donald Trump after the January 6th insurrection. Yeah. Waited, a, waited a long time. Yeah, it was a little... Yeah. <laughs> so it took that long? Yeah. yeah. Apparently, the, yeah. There's Brady lovers who are coming out and saying he denounced him in 2017 or something, and I don't know that Horse to be shit. true at all. Yeah, I think it's bullshit. He played but, golf with him in 2018. Yeah, yeah, I think it's... Yeah, I think it's bullshit. But I mean, you know that whatever. you know that Donald Trump is the biggest jockstrap sniffer in the world. You know, I mean, oh, he, lo- he loves being around guys who are like terrific athletes. And you know, it was he's not. You know, it's burned him when LeBron uh, <clears throat> didn't give him any any credit, yeah, anything. You know, it just burned him. Invited him to the White House, and he's like, "Fuck you." Yeah. <laughs> well, no, when they won, um, it was in 2016. That was I've said this many times. I thought that was the greatest finals coming back. From that was a great finals. I remember that, that game. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, um, yeah, great game. And they made sure to go to Obama before Trump got Yeah, they did. Office. Oh, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. Of the course. Cubs did, too. Amazing. The Cubs got in there yeah, at the they, last minute. They did. But I think they also visited Trump too, because there is this yeah, picture with did. there is this picture with Rizzo smiling like ear to ear. Don't tell like, me oh, that. I don't buy that. Rizzo. No, I don't think I don't think Rizzo no. likes Trump at all. I don't think he does, but I think he was putting on a nice. I'll tell you who did show, like Trump which is, is fine. The, the kind of chubby guy who uh, he hits a ton. He can't play the outside. Schwarber. Yeah. Schwarber. He's a, he, 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 they he's let a him fucking go. Trump guy. Yeah. Oh, good, good, good yeah. riddance. That, that you know though that Cubs team that won it. Was a really cast of characters, and that's what you love about sports is like the the ensemble of characters that come together and like, can, like can the win White Sox team that's going to win it this year. Oh uh, yeah, that'll be great. God, that'll God. be great. I'm going to tell you something. When you guys we win the World front, Series, we are front loaded with yeah. You guys got the talent this year. Yeah. yeah, you guys got the team this year. There's no question. Yeah, I yeah. even saw them pick like fifth the teams this year. I couldn't yeah. believe that. I mean, it was that farm system. Yeah, that just brought them up. Mm-hmm. But I got to tell you, when you guys won that World Series, that yeah. I ain't gonna lie to you. I know where I was. I was at my cigar bar in L.A. <laughs> I see it again. I'm like, I'm, all I think thought of is, I'm fucked. I'm never gonna hear the end of this shit. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. No, we're not. Especially we're not Cubs fans. Well, the know? year before that was the Bartman year, and that was that was the year you guys were. Or it was two years before. Yeah, yeah but so. um, that was. I was rooting for the Cubs that year. It was like it was like you know what a Chicago team's got to do it. I, I was I rooting for I was yet. rooting for Jimmy Leyland. When the Bartman know? thing happened, I was like, I will never like the Cubs again. I don't know what uh, they, I don't know what happened. Well, they blame Bartman, but they didn't blame Ramirez for uh, you know. Yeah, I know they never kicking about a fucking. That. Uh, well, that Doc catching hell is. I yeah. can't watch that. Damning thing. kills me. I can't watch it. Certain things you just can't watch. Yeah. And no, that's, the other, that's I'll fair. never forget it. So socks win. I go home. I can't sleep because I'm just mad, right? I'm just like, because I know I'm going to hear it for the rest of my life because I thought the Cubs would never win a World Series. So for the rest of my life, this is all I'm going to hear, right? I go home. I put on Trying to Break My Heart, the Wilco doc. Okay. And I stay up all night, don't sleep. I don't know Man. why I was watching that thing, and I just got sucked in that night when you guys won it all. Don't ask me mm-hmm. why. I just oh. couldn't go to bed because I knew what I was going to face the next day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just couldn't do it, man. 
Sorry. No, it, it happens. If it makes yeah. you feel any better. No, you guys deserve it. Come on, man. You know, it wasn't. As it, I get it, older, you look at things differently. Yeah. What what a team. It was a very was quiet too. victory, like where we lived, though. We lived in where three were? blocks away from Wrigley Field. Yeah. It was like, yeah, no, it was it, crickets. It, it was really it like was nothing not, happened. It was not quiet. On the, on the south side. No, it was not. I bet. I bet it was not. It was. You guys should have gone there that day. Well, who would have guessed, right? Yeah, yeah. God, I, I remember everything about that Cubs World Series. Where I, I flew I went back to from London. Oh, that was that yeah. yeah, that was great too. I there's a part of me that is a Cubs fan in a way because I grew up so close to the field and Sammy Sosa yeah, was the player of my generation. It every wasn't, every weekend there's a sea of blue headed douchebags walking around. Yeah, no, the, and there was, was there's a neg- <laughs> you know there was some negative stuff to oh, yeah. to Cubs to Cubs games and all that. When and, the Cubs won you know, the World but, Series, I took a picture with a Cubs hat on. For a Shanahan, you, you did, know? yeah. And, you wanted and to, Donnie, too. Too. you know, for Donnie. Donnie, yeah. You were lost in the fever. But let's you... say one thing about the Cubs, yeah. right? Yeah. No matter, no matter what you could say, the loyalty was always there. Got to give them that. Man, oh, yeah. I stayed up till two thirty in the morning to watch them win it. You know, yeah. I but mean... let's talk about all the years at you know one in the afternoon when they're twenty five games out of first place and it's July. Yeah, and it's, it's still a good place to go and drink beer, man. You yeah, know? it's like you know, it's the world's They've, hardest. It's stuff. always been a fun place. It's a fun place. It's always it, you been know fun. what? It's the most beautiful park in the world. The minute yeah. you walk into Cubs Park, yeah. you were takes standing, your breath away. Yeah, you were standing in the tabernacle. Of and baseball. they've done a great job yeah, of not sick. demolishing it and and keeping it as. Uh, but they, you know, they, original they the rest they of the can. neighborhood. Up, well, outside, you know? I'm talking. Yeah. I'm talking about the inside. The outside. Doing it in Boston now. Doing yeah, boss I cannot the stand yeah. the rickets. You know, they're just. I, I can't much stand them myself. I, I, hope but I don't this know. Is not much. A collection of douchebags. I get more upset about the McCaskey family with the Bears than anything. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, it's time for it's time for them to go tits up too. Uh, people, yeah. yeah, people hate the Reinsdorfs as well. I think that I hate Reinsdorf for hiring Tony Larusa when he could have had Sandy Alomar Jr. Yeah, you know? I think the Reinsdorfs are more frustrating than anything because they've done a lot of good stuff. They've done a lot then, of good stuff, and then though. and then they do a lot of head scratching stuff. Listen, you're in Chicago. You know, He's right? a contrarian. Yeah. You're in Chicago. You know. You're never gonna win them. You're not gonna get. You know, no, we're it's always, hard. We're, we're tough. We're yeah, tough. It's a, it's it's hard. It, it's free agency is. We're always going to get the guys who seem to be leaving their prime, uh, just about. You know, and then maybe we can get one year left of that. Or and we're we're a team that has to draft, really. But yeah. Well, well on that note, son. <laughs> I was yes. going to say before you wrap, what's Bob up to right now? Bob, what are you up to right now? <laughs> you know, there's some things, a lot of development, right? You know, yeah. because of the pandemic, I'm on the Zoom calls all day. So we're working on a, a bunch of films as we speak. We're close on uh, Angie Thomas's second book after The Hate You Give. Okay. A couple of bigger movies circling around. A lot of, a couple of TV shows. Nice. You know, a couple of Chicago stories I'm always, but you know, I juggle a lot. Yeah. A couple docs for the first time that um, I'm working we're, on. We're working on, we're developing something. Which I look forward to doing. Which is pretty much about... This is breaking news? Humboldt Park. Did no. you just break the news? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> it's Chicago the way it should be, right? Yeah. It's not the CNN Chicago. Yeah. It's right. the Chicago that we love, and it's the reason we're all here. And Yeah. I mean, listen, this city, I mean, I can't say enough about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And you know yeah. what? We need, we need to rewrite the narrative 
Correct. Well, that, that piece of shit Donald Trump yeah. smeared us with for four years. Yeah. You know? What the hell's going on in Chicago? Well, to, Chicago. To, yeah, and to, to close that off, well, yeah, yeah it, it definitely has been painted very, very yeah, weird. Well, but to, you listed Thief, Breakfast Club, uh, and a couple of Coolie High, Cooley High and, and, and Fugitive. Fugitive. You, you gotta love the these, Blues Brothers for what it was. Just, yeah. just the Me, music. But cool. These are all you movies, know, yeah. you know, you'd think a Chicagoan shot them. You know, it's not like um, The Breakup with Vince Vaughn where it's like someone went to Chicago and shot yeah. a movie there, you know? And no, it, and it's, it's a no, suck movie, too. And it's no offense to, to that movie, uh, but I, I'm just saying what it is. I, I, but, I, I'm fine with giving offense to that movie. No, okay, that movie okay, sucked okay, ass. Fair, fair enough. But, but <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is like, Bob, you know, you've... You have so many films under your belt that are are those movies where it is a Chicago and made yeah, these movies, iconic, and um, you know. it's such a pleasure to have you here, man. Oh, thank and, you, guys. Uh, I love hanging out with you. Well, yeah, we want, been, and, yeah, and we do expect you to come back sometime. Oh, definitely for a part you know? two, of course. We yeah. can argue about the Cubs and shit. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll have some wine. I'll grab a straw. We'll maybe the man. maybe the bulls <laughs> right. will be in a better place. All right, uh, thank we're, you, guys. We're done. Kid, thank you, take, Bob. Kid, take us out. Okay, cool. Hey guys, this is Max Fitzpatrick of the Max and Tony Show. We just want to thank you guys for tuning in to our 89th episode. Sponsored by Forbidden Root Beer. Next time you're in Chicago, check out their brewery on 1746 West Chicago Avenue. Brought to you by Parkwalk Productions, home of the Max and Tony Show. Forget about the dime, forget about Adventureland. But don't forget about the themaxandtonyshow.com where you can check out old episodes and ask us burning questions. That's themaxandtonyshow.com. Stay tuned for our 90th episode. Ten more away from 100 episodes. Can't wait. Hey, come make love on your satin sheets. Wake up on your